Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Mod Path Chat, the official podcast of modern pathology, featuring interviews with authors and experts on the latest science, technology, and developments in the field of pathology. Your host, Dr. George Neto, is the Editor-in-Chief of Modern Pathology and the Chair of Pathology at the University of Alabama at Birmingham. Here's Dr. Neto. Welcome to Mod Pass Jazz. My guest today is Dr. Andre Hess, Professor of Pathology at Charles University in the Czech Republic. Andre is a leading expert in geopathology who has made significant contributions to our understanding of renal neoplasms. He's really the odd renal cancer uh, types uh, guy. He really uh, collect and, uh, and uh, describe many new entities. Today he's joining us uh, to discuss his recent publication in Modern Pathology. Thank you, Andre, for accepting uh, my invitation. Uh, thank you, George, very much for invitation. It's my great pleasure and honor to be here with you. Great. Sorry for the time difference. I th I think it's still uh, not that late over there, but uh, I'm glad uh, you uh, you hanged in there uh, for us to do this. I really enjoyed uh, reviewing uh, your uh, your teamwork uh, on on alkali arranged uh, tumors, and clearly. In geopathology, we didn't want to be outdone by lung pathologists and, and hematopathologists. Now we have our own entity with ALK and, and renal, and this study certainly expanded uh, our knowledge uh, for this rare tumor. Uh, so this is a provisional entity in the 2016 uh, World Health, and uh, uh, this study really uh, uh, went uh, molecular, uh, fish, IHC. I want you from the design aspect uh, to share with our audience uh, what's your favorite uh, IRC and how do you interpret it for this since it's a defining uh, marker uh, for the entity, the, the translocation uh, and the expression. So can you expand a little bit about that? Uh, sure, sure. Uh, we use the immunohistochemistry we used for that study two clones, uh, one Nichiray and one uh, Ventana clone. Uh, for the routine practice, I would recommend the Ventana clone because we have a Ventana benchmark, so it's, it's just easier for us to use the, the ready-to-use clone. Uh, I mean, for the study, we were very generous in uh, counting of positivity, so means that anything which was a little bit red in alkaline phosphatases or a little bit brown, I use for the further study. But for the, for the routine work, I would just consider strong 
mostly cytoplasmic or membranous positivity as a, as a potential candidate for the ALK. So, so for the immunohistochemistry, for the study design, we were very generous, but after the study, I would be relatively strict uh, when to submit the case for the, for the molecular study. So basically, so we're not, uh, you know, overcalling, pursuing just weak positivity, focal positivity. But in general, you would, you would follow up with FISH or NGS? Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. We, we confirm every single case by, by FISH. We use the wisest, but some of those cases were negative or just, just uh, it was not entirely perfect. So we confirm later by NGS, by Archer platform, and only those cases which were confirmed by, by, by the NGS we, we put into the study. So, so I, I think if, if one wants to be serious, he should use or she should use all, all available methodics to, to confirm the diagnosis. Because sometimes but, but immuno probably is a good starting point as long as it's uh, significant, you know, uh, positivity that you're comfortable with. Uh, as far as uh, just a word about the fish, you use the vices, Abbott, correct? Uh, split apart. And, uh, and like you said, the archer for which, which is becoming more available technique throughout. So that, that's very helpful. Uh, let's delve then just into the morphology, a couple of uh, minutes uh, about uh, describing the variability of these cases. Yes, I, I think it's extremely variable speaking uh, about the morphology because we have other cases which I would say classic, but it's not classic at all. But those cases which are highly polymorphic in architecture, in cytology and in the background. So those cases, they, they have a solid areas, papillary areas, some tubular stuff. Uh, they look eosinophilic in some areas. They look more, more rhabdoid. So all those variability in a cytologic level and what is what is for me the warning sign that it might be the case from that series is when you find some mucinose background or mucine or myxoid background something bluish in the in between the cells so if i have a variable tumor with this myxoid or mucinose background and variable architecture this is the case i would i would think about just i would think about unfortunately there is nothing diagnostic if, if you ask me, say, three, K, three morphologic features, definitive morphologic features, I would say, I don't know. I just say variability. That's the, that's the, that's the index. So in a tumor that's showing uh, heterogeneity in architecture and, and cytologic features, especially what you mentioned, we'll come to the MTSC-like area in a second. But initially, you know, at least I, following the initial reports in lung and, and in kidney, I used to think of this tumor whenever I see a, a a rhabdoid plasmocytoid or a signet ring like cords and individual cells, but now this doesn't pan out anymore. Other other patterns like tubulopapillary, uh, and you mentioned even sarcomatoid and thyroid like. Can you can you tell us about the uh, uh, the MTSC and metanephric adenoma patterns that you found? That's, that, that's nice story because it's the beginning of the whole paper. Because uh, you know I, I like to play with strange things, and and uh, <laughs> I've got the I've got the inspiration from. You mean body. strange tumors? Not strange strange. tumors. Yes. Okay. All right. Strange tumors. And uh, Marco and he inspired me because when we when we work on the paper with Anthony Gill about SDHB uh, tumors or SDH deficiency RCC, I asked Marco and Marco, please, you should have a gist with renal tumor. Send me those if you have. And he said, yes, yes, of course I have. And he sent, sent me... Three cases, I would expect this pink bubble wrap, as we know, typical for the SDHB RCC. Mm -hmm. But he sent me one case which looked like 
some clear cell something, very strange clear cell RCC, some maybe papillary RCC NOS, and something very odd. So he sent me three cases which were completely different from the old series we had. Mm -hmm. So it is, we, we, we use them. So I, I said that we are testing the tumors which are typical or which where we expect the mutation or translocation also. Those cases we are sending to genetists to test that for us. But we do not test the standard cases, the normal cases, which are just, just slightly unusual. So I, I asked my colleague in Zagreb, Monika Olavec, to to do the tissue microarray, to construct from my cases, because we do not have a facility for, for construction. Mm -hmm. And I, I spread the ALK and ENTRC and other antibodies around those tissue microarrays. I found one tumor, which was diagnosed by myself as metanephric adenoma, and I would repeat the diagnosis again, and mm -hmm. one as a mucinose tubular and spindle cell RCC. So it was just tissue microarray. So then and, I went and those to... turn out to be ALK. Exactly. Are part of this series yeah. of 12 cases. Interesting was that I, I pull out all our 200-something mucinous tubular spindle cell carcinomas and 50-something uh, metanephric adenomas, I, I, and I, I stain them again, and nothing, no uh, no other case. So it was just coincidence. That, that's wow. interesting. That's but good to know. So so not every time we see a metanephric adenoma or MTSC, we have to worry about this, but keep it in mind, especially if you have other patterns in the tumor and the tumor doesn't fit uh, any of your classic definitions. Excellent. So uh, as far as uh, new partners, uh, you found some partners like CLIP, like uh, uh, Kia and what have you. Did it matter really or, or it's too early to say what partner is, is forming the uh, fusion? I think this is too early to say something like that. It, it was, to be honest, I, I don't like to play any game. So to be honest, it was just coincidence that we were happy to find them and we had a technology to find them. So so I think it's too early to predict anything. Like we have for TFE3, you know, in TFE3, we can say if there is a that and nono partner, we can expect such morphology. But I think it's too early for ALK tumors. It's just the beginning for us. To, so to maybe honest. similar to what happened with the MITF tumors as we build more and more cases. Yep. Although it sounds like this is uh, rarer tumors, but who knows? Uh, maybe we're missing them. Uh, but uh, it's probably going to take us a while before we understand uh, the biology. So uh, it sounds like our life, again, as uh, pathologists and patho general pathologists, is getting more difficult when it comes to renal tumors. Uh, to the point that I feel uh, anytime a tumor doesn't fit any classic, I start throwing immunos. Is that your approach? And how do you approach odd tumors right now? Just a simple poor man's way for, uh, for the general pathologist to, to resolve these difficult cases. Uh, I, I would like to say I'm still general pathologist. I read even the appendicitis and all this odd, strange this, uh, odd stuff. You know, I, I really do the routine medicine so far. But if I have a strange tumor, the kidney strange tumor, I always, I am always very generous for the for the blocks. So if I have a strange tumor, I always go back to the reserve and I take more blocks. And if in such case I have a difficulties, I start your approach exactly to throw everything I have in hand to try if there is something you know because those very rare cases and very rare tumors they are they are rare and strange even in immunohistochemistry and morphology. So your approach exactly my approach. So it's it's fair to say that now, uh, in addition to FH, fumarate hydratase, and SDHB and INI, you start adding ALK to to that uh, battery of aminos for these odd cases and see if any one of them 
Definitely, definitely. And I try to support my immunobiogenetics as much as I can. Because, you know, immuno sometimes can be positive, negative. We know that from FH, it's a great lesson for us. FH tumors, you can have a FH positive tumors and they have a, they have a mutation or, or quite different. So I'm really careful for, for, for such diagnosis. I see. So we still need genetics, but at least we can start with, uh, with some immunos. Great. Uh, I know these are archival cases and from multi-institution, uh, Calgary and uh, Paris, I think, France and, and many others. Do you, so you probably didn't have as much follow-up, although you mentioned average three years, but in terms of the, the treatment and these are archival, so it was not, were these, any of these treated with Criso or with targeted therapy for ALK or do you have that information? As I, as I know, we do not have any information that they were further treated by any inhibition inhibitors. Uh, just We have a follow-up for majority of the cases. However, they were archived. Uh, archived cases, only one was malignant or with, with metastasis. However, I would expect more because if you follow just the morphology, they are worrisome. They, are, they, they look wild, but maybe it's too early to, to make some, some, some conclusions. So but, but, one out of one out of the nine that you had follow up uh, was alive with metastasis. So it remains uh, it remains as as a carcinoma at this point. And, exactly, and, exactly, definitely, definitely. And it's it's, it's a little lower than than the uh, aggressive outcome rate that uh, has been described in the prior. I think around twenty five or twenty six in the literature so far. So uh, it's probably too early, but it's, we have to err on the conservative side that some of them would do, will metastasize and, and potentially kill the patients, right? Uh, unfortunately, I have the same feeling that, that because they look wild, they look, they look dangerous if, if you just go for the morphology. Excellent. Well, uh, thank you. This has uh, been uh, very informative, and I hope uh, our audience, uh, uh, like myself, learned a couple of things about these rare tumors. Uh, how are things going in the Czech Republic? Hopefully you're not hammered uh, as us with the uh, COVID uh, pandemic. Unfortunately, uh, I think we are just right now number one in Europe in incidents. So oh the COVID is here. Fortunately for us, uh, majority of the of the cases have just mild symptoms or they are asymptomatic. But you know how the case is rising up, uh, we can expect the patients with the with the with the severe disease. So, so actually we are we are in the second wave or how do we want to call it? So let's see let's see the future. Well, good luck and uh, please be safe. Uh, give my regards to the colleagues and thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, I would like to thank to all co-authors for enormous patience and for all hard work because it was very difficult and complicated study, multi-institutional and without support of the people from Calgary, Kirill Trpko, from, from Naoto Kuroda, from, from, from Kochi, from Japan, uh, from Matilde Sibone, Abbas Agaimi, Christina Majima-Galuzzi, all the friends, they were very helpful and without their help, I would never ever been able to finish that paper. Thank you. Thank you all. Very generous of you. It's always a teamwork and you're really representing everyone here. So thank you again. Any opinions expressed in this podcast are the speaker's own and do not represent the views of Modern Pathology, Springer Nature, UAB or USCAP. Your ModPath chat host and scientific director is Dr. George Netto. Producers are Christina Crow, Amber Jackson, Dr. Sarah Jang, and Dr. Catherine Ketchum. Technical direction is provided by Kaminsky Productions, music by Mitch Neubauer. Thanks to the authors, reviewers, and editors of Modern Pathology for making this podcast possible.